Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about um, the Brianna Taylor video that's just been released. And I want to show that very, uh, I want to show that right now, as a matter of fact. We're also going to talk about, you know, journalists are being attacked around the country by Antifa. So we have someone inside the studio that's going to tell us about that, what's going on in that person's, uh, what, what happened here in Austin. And there's some stuff that's been happening around the country. What is up with this? Why is Antifa attacking journalists? Uh, what are they trying to hide? We're going to talk about that. But I want to dive into the Brianna Taylor body cam footage that's been released. Check this out. Here, just lifting. Grab under his arm. One, two, three. Cover. Cover him. Let's go. Cover me. I'm with him. Stay down, John. Mike, get out of the way. Stay down, John. Go, 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 go. You can go a little faster. Go a little faster. Go, 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 go. That's good speed right there. All right, so we're going to talk about that. I actually want to go into some details surrounding this situation, this Breonna Taylor shooting, because uh, there's some misinformation that's going around on social media, misinformation that's going around uh, around by different media outlets. Uh, so first of all, the, you know, this is all about, you know, what happened 
that night. Let's let's break this down. All right. So when you, you want to look into the facts, you want to figure out what is what crime has been committed in order to figure out what crime has been committed. You got to look at the warrant. It's all about the warrant. If that warrant was done maliciously, if the judge was uh, was actually giving wrong information, then that's where the crime is going to be committed over the warrant. OK, because once they that judge has issued that warrant, then, hey, they were you know given the green light to go ahead and do exactly what they did, execute a warrant, whether it's a no knock warrant or, you know, they're going to knock and go in. So let's, you know, but let's dive into it a little deeper. You know, the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, he's actually been misleading the public because of, the, you know, <laughs> what we need. Man, it's, 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 it's just really convoluted here. Because the evidence that they that he's presented, as that he's actually given to the grand jury, he's actually misleading them, just like he's misleading the public, misleading the public. And I, I want, hopefully, that information is going to come out a little later on down the road. Uh, the police work in the in the case of Brianna Taylor was very sloppy. Uh, the warrant service was reckless. Brianna Taylor is dead because of a cascade of errors, bad judgment, and dereliction of duty. Uh, by that law enforcement agency. This is this was a no-knock warrant. Okay, it is obvious, absolutely was a no-knock warrant. Now, it says so right there on the warrant. So take a look at the warrant, read it for yourself, and it says it right at the top. Now, the portion of the warrant authorizing a no-knock entry cited only cut and pasted information from the four other warrants that were part of the same investigation. This is a violation of a requirement set by the Supreme Court that a no-knock warrant should be granted when police can can present evidence that a particular suspect is at risk to shoot at police or destroy evidence if they knock and announce so they didn't do that. Now, even Kenneth Walker, and a lot of people are asking this question, what about Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker was the boyfriend of Brianna Taylor, and people are saying, you know, this guy was a criminal, this guy was a drug dealer. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, and with a few exceptions when conducting a raid, I just want you to know this, um, the government agencies must knock and announce their presence and purpose and give anyone inside the opportunity to let officers in, officers in peacefully, now thus avoiding the violence of their person and destruction of their property. Okay? And if the police simply pounded on the door for 45 seconds and never um, appropriately announced themselves, then that's a different story. That's even worse than not knocking at all. It likely made Walker even more fearful that the people outside the door were there to harm him and Brianna Taylor. You have to put this all in context. Okay, when did this actually happen? This happened on March 13th. March 13th was the day that the entire country shut down. See, I have to put myself in that person's head, that person's mindset, in everyone's mindset. You know, I have to take myself back to March 13th. The country was shut down uh, because of the COVID-19, the coronavirus. So everyone's panicking. On the weekend of March 13th, that day, March 13th, that Friday, that Thursday before, everyone in this country, the majority of people, walked into the gun store to buy guns and ammunition. We literally, every gun store in this country literally sold out of every single gun just about in their store on that day, March 13th, because of what was happening around the country, the country shutting down. So the police ex execute a warrant. They go into this house, you know, and I, I have to put myself in that position. You know, what would I do in that situation? You know, if I hear, you know, someone banging on my door, I ask them, you know, I call out, you know, who are you? What do you want? And I don't hear an answer. 
I'm probably going to respond in the same way or fashion. So I have to put myself in that person's situation. Um, so the man who shot the police, uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, was also a drug dealer. A lot of people are seeing that information. And like I said, that is not true. Taylor's ex-boyfriend was, was dealing drugs. The ex-boyfriend was dealing drugs. That's the person who was the main focus of the investigation. His name was Jamarcus Glover. All right, so Kenneth Walker, and a lot of people don't know this, Kenneth Walker was the current boyfriend who actually was supposed to start working for the post office. Do you honestly think the post office is going to hire someone with a criminal record? Get your head out of your, your four-pointed contact, people. Stop reading this misinformation that's going around. All right, so we're going to, you know, it, there's, there's a lot that's coming out with all this stuff, and it's hard to figure all this stuff out. I got to look at the warrant. I got to look at, you know, individuals, uh, criminal history to figure all this stuff out for you. And it's hard. It's convoluted, and it takes me some, some time there. But I want to get to the facts because I hate misinformation when it comes out because I like to know what the truth is because I like to remove my heart from my chest, put it on the table, and look at things in the context of the law. I don't care about color. I don't care about your feelings. Feelings was a song that was written in the 70s. So that's what you want to focus on. You know, focus on your feelings. That song that's written in the 70s. I don't care about your feelings. I care about the truth. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir. And you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. So is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so today we're diving into the newly leaked Brianna Taylor body cam footage, which I have a problem with that because for the longest, uh, police were telling us that, hey, there was no footage. There was no camera. Right. No one had a body cam from day one. Yes, we've but been I, told that. Uh, 
the attorney for the guy that was indicted is the one who leaked the the body cam right. footage. It was not released. Right. So it was it was a matter of it didn't exist at all. No one had a camera at all. No one there. None of That's those. That thought. unit. That unit That's was not said. wearing a body cam at all. That is what, is what we were said. told initially. That's- because said. that was not the type of unit to wear cameras. Exactly. All right. All right. So, but we have inside the studio uh, Savannah Hernandez, an independent journalist. Savannah, welcome to Come and Talk It. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on with you guys. Absolutely. So what's going on, Savannah? Not much, you know, just uh, a regular day in the park. I've been uh, out here doing all my journalism here in Austin, Texas. I'm an ind- or not necessarily independent. I work under um, another organization here in Austin, which is not the most popular, but... Who is my- I think I like them. <laughs> I think I like them. I'm like, all right, all right. So I, I work for InfoWars, and I've yeah. been a reporter for them for about two and a half years now, but I have my own brand <laughs> underneath them called Action 7 because when I uh, first started working for them, I would go out with the InfoWars mic, and I would get attacked a lot. And I'm all about neutrality. I went to school for journalism, and I wanted to go on the street and actually get the story about what was happening without getting attacked. And I, want to get, I wanted to get people's actual opinions on what they thought about political topics. So I started Action 7, and it was my own way to basically go out and get neutral opinions, neutral facts. And then um, I also started going out and doing this type of protest coverage where, you know, riots or protests, especially this year with Black Lives Matter, with George Floyd, everything that was going on, especially here in Austin, I would just go out and basically take B-roll of the scene. And I realized I really enjoyed doing that type of journalism because especially with Twitter, it gives the public direct access to what's going on in the scene immediately. And all I have to do is basically do a one sentence. Black Lives Matter is currently in Austin, Texas. A fire has been lit. And then, you know, the news then takes that that footage and then uh, they create their whole own news story off of that. So I re- really enjoyed this type of journalism. And I've gotten to go to Portland and report on Antifa up there. I have gotten to report on Antifa and Black Lives Matter here in Austin. Um, I've been all across the nation. So, um, yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> you're like, fine. Hey, how are you no. doing? I'm like, let me give you a whole intro on who what, I am. What, what kills me about this, uh, the Black Lives Matter, is the fact that it's actually been hijacked. And the majority of people mm-hmm. that are actually leading this charge are actually not black. They're actually white. And that's the thing that bothers you the most. And they're going under the disguise as a Black Lives Matter. You know, and they're not really the ones. Blacks are not really leading the charge is what I don't see that's actually happening. Uh, what do you see? I would have to agree with you there. Um, I know you have me on today because of a situation that happened a little bit earlier this week in which uh, people basically forcefully ejected, that's what they call it now, forcefully ejected me as a journalist from their march because they don't like my political views, they don't like who I work for. Um, Sounds like they're hiding something. Yeah, so there's a Black Lives Matter group here in Austin, Texas, and then there's also an Antifa group or Mike Ramos Brigade, which is a lot of Hispanic or white people. And I've noticed so many times that it's these white people that are standing in for like anti-fascist groups or even standing in for Black Lives Matter and trying to eject me from these types of marches because they don't want me recording what what's going on on the scene. I've, I've had the same experience when I was downtown covering the, the very first night of protesting with you. Yeah, that's how we met, actually. Yeah, they... Well, no, no, no. That was... I'm talking about when the, oh, the, oh, the protest... Night, yeah. not, not May Day, which yeah, is also something day. we should talk about. But um, I was down there, and I was watching a bunch of white people beat up homeless people mm-hmm. and catch their mattress on fire and couch. And it was just... The whole thing was totally uh, hijacked. Like Been gentrified. Said. Gentrified, Gentrified. Yeah. Gentrified for yeah. yeah. No. Right. Um, well, but I was just going to say that now that um, this is happening more and more, are you going to have to s- switch up your brand again? 
Um, I think I'm just going to not be able to report in Austin um, without security, to be quite honest with you. So uh, what happened this past Wednesday was there was the Breonna Taylor March here in Austin, Texas. It was a Black Lives Matter group in, uh, I believe, Mike Ramos Brigade, Black Lives Matter group all together at City Hall. I was there with them for two and a half hours, untouched. No one said anything to me. I think one girl said, hey, don't record our faces. And I said, okay. And they figured out who I was, and a white man singled me out, started chanting my name and where I worked or who I worked for. So I think that's why they got so upset and started calling me a fascist. And, uh, and then I got mobbed by men and women. They started uh, trying to beat me up. They kicked me. They pushed me down on the ground. Um, they were yelling, F her up, F her up. Like, these were grown men that were yelling this to me. And uh, they also stole my phone and, uh, yeah, ran me out of their, their peaceful march. So in terms of yeah, that point Austin, is not peaceful. That's a mob. Yeah. In terms of reporting in Austin, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it without security because I'm too recognizable now, apparently. And I was wearing a mask at that point, too. You know, I'm wearing a hat and blending in with the protesters because I want to be as neutral as possible. I don't want to be the story. I'm trying to report on what the story is. Um, so I was just there uh, discreetly in the group and they still, you know, found me out, mobbed me. So uh, were you live streaming? No, I wasn't. I that don't live stream for that exact reason because that's, that's what how happens they to Hiram. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hiram. How do you pronounce his name? Hiram. Hiram. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the same thing that happened to him, essentially. And, and that's why I don't live stream. I actually will upload HD clips, and I think that's why I was able to be out there for about two hours, again, neutrally reporting what was happening, and then they kind of caught on, figured out that I was there. Um, because when I had first gotten there, too, Hiram was the subject of immense attack. I watched his live yeah. stream. Yeah, he was being attacked all night long, and uh, they were trying to forcefully eject him because he's not for the people. Well, they, like they, try to, they try to do that to him because they say that, I think it's essentially because his audience and viewership is, is what, like moderate to right-leaning? And he's not even a, he's relatively liberal. I mean, he's pro-BLM, correct? Yeah, a couple yeah. of his uh, viewers actually doxed one of the organized members as well. I think that's one of the reasons uh, they, okay. they ejected him. I mean, that, would, that makes more Cause, sense, Because of what now? Uh, they uh, doxed one of his right. me- yeah, members. They just took pictures of him and put him online from his live stream. But and is I that really that's... doxing, though? Is putting a picture of somebody at a march doxing somebody? Eh, no. Eh, they put your, really. your, 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 your home address, address yeah. your telephone number. If they're putting number, personal that's information, that's doxing. But if you're out on the street... At a public event, and someone takes a picture of you. That's not I doxing. Mean, yeah, that's not doxing. Yeah, yeah. You have, you, you know, yeah. you're basically giving your consent to be recorded. I heard it went a little further than that. That's why I said doxing. Mm, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, no, the same same thing happened to me. I was peacefully, forcefully ejected with Charlie. <laughs> yeah, they thought he was uh, Infowars. That's where I that's met, how you. I met yeah. him. So I and the reason they thought I was Infowars is because wearing a at, suit. Because I was wearing a, a suit, really tight suit, and they and, thought he was Infowars. Yeah, that suit was small. You know, I actually is took their advice. Is that how you guys can tell a tight suit? I didn't get that memo. I took their advice too. I actually got a new suit that fit better because <laughs> one of them told me they, she said, "Go back to Dallas with your tight." A- Tight suit. Cool. I just <laughs> dodged that FCC uh, violation right there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, same thing happened to me. And I'm, I work for Michael. I work for Come and Talk It. And originally I was, uh, you know, a reporter and I've taken on more duties as I've, as this has evolved. But mm. um, we were just there. I was just asking people questions. I didn't even know who these people were. Yeah. Um, and uh, they told me to get out and this and that. And well, and see, too, what I want to point out as well is that um, right now, all of these Antifa, whatever members, are running a disinformation campaign on my Instagram saying that I was there agitating and asking the wrong questions. When really, those people all run agitation squads themselves. Yeah, it's and, all projection. And to me, too, I'm like, okay, so now being a reporter, asking people on the ground, hey, what are your intentions here today? What are you here marching for? Or even recording is now agitation. So, 
Yeah, and you know what? And they the reason that they thought that I worked for Infowars, I also later found this out, was that I had a there's a there was a somebody posted a screenshot of me online putting a microphone in Alex Jones' face <laughs> at a Trump rally or something. So and you're I, guilty by association. Yeah, and I, I don't work for InfoWars. To this day I still don't work for InfoWars. Um but uh yeah, I mean what so what are you doing now? Are you are you uncomfortable? You said you need security. Why don't you just carry a gun? Why don't you buy a gun from Michael Cargill at Central Texas Gunworks? You know, I actually have been wanting to buy a gun from Michael for a while. <laughs> I actually just bought my first gun a couple months back. Did you? Yeah, I did. And I bought it because I was watching all of these riots that were happening all across the nation. I'm a single woman. I live alone. And that, you know, kind of scared me. And I realized, like, if someone breaks into my house right now or if I am caught up in the middle of a riot and I don't have a gun, how am I going to protect myself? So I was a part of that big statistic of people who bought guns for the first time this year. Oh, yeah. Watching yeah. Know, all of this... Um, Racial Un- guess, unfold. Yeah. yeah, Michael's been getting a hundred phone calls a day. All right, so Derek, what's your what's your thoughts on all this, Derek? Uh, it's absolutely awful. I mean, nobody should be assaulted for, you know, what amounts to recording or taking photos in public. I mean, you're out in public. I, I mean, that's not an aggressive act by any stretch of the word. Uh, you're not trespassing on anybody's property. Uh, like all of this is asinine and particularly whenever it comes to people that we disagree with, I mean, that, that makes it even worse. Uh, you, you know, they claim to be anti-fascist, but what they're doing in it by its very nature is fascist. I mean, being completely intolerant of other people to the point where you would literally assault them uh, just because they have different views or potentially have different views than you. Uh, that, that whole thing that, it's, a, it's essentially to, what to, the brown shirts did in pre-Nazi uh, Germany in the 30s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know what's going through these people's minds, uh, but it's it's not it's not healthy. Uh, it's not. It should absolutely be uh, condemned. I think uh, from it's creating everybody. Trump voters. To be completely honest, it probably is. Absolutely, it is. It's weird. Um, you know, yeah, that's that's easy to to, to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I could honestly talk on why they do that. It's um because people stick their face, uh, cameras, and faces. The um activists have been targeted by police before, and they're they're worried that it's going to happen again if they get identified by cameras and footage and stuff. But like police that. don't don't just target law-abiding citizens. That's true. So why are these activists being targeted unless well, they're committing criminal activity or assaulting people? Yeah, or like. Stepping in the road and someone taking a picture of that and then getting arrested later, but I haven't seen that happen yet. But still, it's just they're very worried about it, and that's why they're so defensive against cameras. Yeah, stuff. but I mean, if that's a hypothetical, somebody step, stepping in the road and taking a photo, it that, is true. That, that and I would like to point out, too, that, that I've been to so many BLM protests, and especially in Portland as well, because, okay, big Antifa presence up there, right? I have personally watched myself as police officers gave them 10 warnings to disperse, it was an unlawful assembly, to get out of the road. This whole entire group of people were throwing bottles, rocks, fireworks at police officers for three hours before I left. Police didn't do a thing to them. So when you're seeing all these clips coming out of the police brutality, that's after three hours of cops getting assaulted, berated, uh, fireworks thrown at them, their patrol cars destroyed. So I, I just wanna you know, bring that to light too and have that no. All right, we come back from the break. Going to talk about Trump's pick, Amy Comey Barrett, the Supreme Court nomination. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so I want to change gears a little bit and talk about uh, President Trump's pick, Amy Coney Barrett, as the Supreme Court nominee for our next highest court. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? You know, is this a good pick, bad pick? Does it really matter as far as the Second Amendment? Because personally, I don't think it no. really matters as far as the Second Amendment. What do you think, uh, Derek? Well, no, not at all. Um uh, I mean, you know me well enough. Uh, anybody that for some reason or another or a group of individuals that ha have more of a say over my life and property than I do, um, well, I'm not a fan of those types of people. Uh, I don't believe that pro-gun and pro-Second Amendment by today's Republican standards, um, it, it's, it's not pro-gun by my standards. Uh, I mean, even going back to Reagan, Reagan was the one who banned full auto weapons if they were manufactured after May 19th, 1986. Uh, a lot of Republicans support every gun control law that's currently on the books. <laughs> and so I don't see her overturning any of that. If anybody were to challenge the NFA or the GCA uh, or any of the gun control laws on the books, I don't think she would issue any meaningful uh, opinion. I don't think she would issue any uh, anything really binding. The best that we could hope for is maybe something in California gets you know ruled unconstitutional. But that's what you get whenever you have a group of individuals that have more of a say over your life and property than you yourself do. I think this nominee really it, – it, it, it'll make a difference when it comes to uh, social issues. As far as the Second Amendment, I don't think it's going to make a difference at all because the court's already – set when it comes to the second amendment it's not going to change anything but definitely social issues you know if you want to talk about abortion and things of that nature uh then yeah you know it's going to make a big difference and unfortunately for for that because she is really uh, a very strong catholic uh there's going to be a lot of things imposed more restrictions whenever it comes to social issues that only do things to inhibit people's individual liberty uh, you know, I, I would see her, um, I, I could see her doing something as it relates to the LGBTQ community, uh, that restricts them in some way, should a case get brought up. The thing is we don't live in a theocracy and, you know, I myself, I'm a religious person, but I don't want to impose my religious beliefs onto other people under legal mandates. That's not, that's not that's not even the society Separation that of our founding father set up. Exactly. Uh, you know, 
Thomas Jefferson and James Madison were incredibly big on the separation of church and state uh, because they understood that people having their own religious views is their own personal business. It's not the business of anybody else, and it's certainly not to be imposed upon anybody else by force. All right, so Savannah— And so I do see— Savannah, yeah, what's, your, what's your take on that, on the Supreme Court pick? What do you think? You know, I haven't looked into Amy Coney Barrett enough, but I have heard, uh, you know, some people on the right very pro this pick. Some people on the left are very upset about it because of Roe v. Wade, of course. Um, but, you know, like I said, I haven't looked up looked enough into it. Um, and I think that with the next upcoming weeks, the more that comes out about this, the more educated everyone will get to be about this. And um, I'm excited to see what happens, really. You know, uh, three Supreme Court picks under Trump, so. I just hope she so the last time go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the last time we had a president stack the court, we ended up with the Korematsu decision, which said that the federal government was perfectly lawful and constitutional in taking Japanese Americans and throwing them in concentration camps. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. What's that called? Judicial supremacy or something like that? Uh, I mean, that's one way of putting it. That's my way of putting it. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think this is even going to affect my case, you know, when we eventually make it to the Supreme Court for the bump stocks. I don't think it affect, you know, this pick will affect that any way or the other. I think the court's already going to decide. They've already got their decision? Yeah. yeah you know, well, see, that's If it my, makes it that far. I mean, my, my top issue is, personally, is always going to be firearms, Second Amendment, and, well, and free speech as well. But, I mean, if she's going to be pro-gun, I don't really have much of a problem with it. See, and I feel like we need to start focusing, too, on Supreme Court picks that are going to uphold the Constitution. Mm. Um, and that's something that I feel like we're not so focused on and we need to be. We need to be pushing that, looking back on other cases that she's dealt with and how well she's stuck to the Constitution and up upheld it. All right. All right. So well, let me... if you look at Gorsuch and if you look at Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh, um, yeah, Kavanaugh, I mean, their past records were atrocious. Yeah, uh, they're, they're like Kavanaugh. those sort of statist Republicans. Yeah, which, well, all Republicans are statists, but more statist than Well, than okay, not. I should have said uh, <laughs> a statist conservative, I apologize, which is sort go. of an that's oxymoron, a, but I'm, I don't want to, I uh, digress. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so, now, all right, so, Savannah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about things we disagree on, now that we agree on all those things we agree on. Uh, let's talk about, like, the Brianna Taylor, let's talk about... Uh, you know, that case, you know, what, what's your, what do your you think thoughts? about no knock warrants? Yeah. I think that no knock warrants are bad. And I'm glad that we do have, you know, legislation being pushed to get rid of all of those. Um, I think they're bad. I do. And, um, you know, Mike, we were talking to prior on break about how I do have a very pro police stance, but I am still very young and I'm still, um, kind of trying to develop my own thoughts on a lot of things as I get older, as I mature, as I live real life. Right. Um, so I think no-knock warrants are bad, but in terms of the Breonna Taylor case, I do follow Brandon Tatum, and he came out with the police report in terms of Breonna Taylor's case, and um, I know that he was basically saying, and the report was reading, that it actually wasn't a no-knock warrant, that she was awake, she wasn't in her bed when she was shot. She I wasn't did asleep, read that. And they actually came out with the picture of her bed, which was empty, and that her boyfriend shot first. The police did announce themselves, which resulted in the, her boyfriend shooting the police, which then resulted in them shooting back. And I think my biggest beef with this case, too, is that it's this huge BLM uh, movement. And it's now this, you know, police versus black people. But the police that were shooting through the door, how were they to know that they were, you know, 
like they weren't aiming for Breonna Taylor. They weren't trying to kill this woman, this black woman, this innocent need, black woman. So I need to jump in here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's a couple of things that you said that were incorrect. I mean, okay. I'm not disputing that they did knock. That's established. That's why uh, Kenneth Walker and Breonna Taylor were out of bed. They were asleep at the time of the knocking, mm -hmm. but then they were awoken. Now, in the 911 call, you can hear Kenneth Walker say, and this is minutes after they breached the door and shooting has stopped. He says, I don't know what's going on. Somebody kicked in my door and shot my girlfriend. Now, if you know that it's the police who kicked in your door and shot your girlfriend, you're not going to call the police and say exactly what he said. Right. And now Mike I know that. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, too, that like Mike was talking to about how, you know, there's conflicting reports of the police announced themselves. OK, the police didn't announce this themselves. The neighbor said that he heard it. Then the neighbor said that he didn't hear it. So um, just in terms of the confusion in this case on whether or not the police announced themselves, I completely understand that being there. And I, I think all of America like that needs to be clarified for everyone. Right. So, yes, they did. Yeah, they, they did knock because that was that's what got him out of bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and he's going to be justified in himself and using, you know, using the castle doctrine and defending, you know, himself inside the home. Right. Derek, so I, the don't, police, I don't know. The if, police are justified. And also he's justified in shooting at the police. I don't know if I agree with you when you say that uh, you wouldn't call the police if you just shot at the police. I think that's exactly what I would do, because it would it would sort of give me like kind of vindicate. Yeah, you. it'd be like, you know, it, he could be being dishonest and call them. But at the same time, right, I, see, I've never been in that it, situation. In the morning, you're not thinking. About I'm not that. thinking about your, that. Your so, mind is so, not, that's so, not your mindset. But I, but you know, you didn't let me finish. I, <laughs> I am. I'm also saying that I, you might not be in the state of mind to make that call at the time. But I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I'm just, I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate, challenging I you a think little bit. That there is a, I think there is a huge amount of reasonable doubt to use the legal jargon that he was able to concoct that plan within seconds within. of the shooting stopping. Okay, okay. In order I, I, to I would agree with you. I think it is reasonably doubtful, okay. but it, it is a possibility. Very small possibility, mind you, but it is okay, a possibility. Okay, fine. I will concede there is a non-zero chance that that happened. Uh, Savannah, to your other point, you said that the officers firing from outside the house weren't trying to hit Breonna Taylor. I, have a, I take huge exception with this because me as a private individual, if I am justified in using my gun against a, a legitimate aggressor, Mm -hmm. say an active shooter but i miss and i hit an innocent bystander right. i am going you're to on prison. the line mm -hmm. you're on the line right right exactly exactly they are responsible for every single round that leaves their muzzle the fact that they were only that one cop of the three was only charged with the rounds that didn't strike brianna taylor because they went into the adjacent apartment is ridiculous you cannot make an excuse for the state not knowing who they're shooting at as a justification for an unarmed woman being murdered I'm in her own home. I'm not using it as justification at all, but I'm just saying that right now we have so much racial unrest in this country, and this isn't an issue central to just the black community. This could just have easily happened to a white family where a no-knock warrant was executed, and that's the point that I'm trying to make with that. I think that in terms of, uh, you know, the police, like you said, the police, if private citizens hit a civilian and they're trying to shoot somebody else, right? Like you just said, like you just using as an example, you're going to face the consequence of that. And I think that our police should be upheld to the same standard. So I agree with you there. All right. Well, I, I appreciate well, there's that There's a lot of agreement much. going on today. Uh, this is not normal. <laughs> Let's argue about something. Now, uh, <laughs> give me a minute. I'll break it up. All right, Michael. No, go now, ahead. Michael, 
you, you didn't you didn't uh, you didn't play the other two clips, the one of Kenneth Walker getting arrested, as well as the uh, detective on the scene who uh, was seen breaking numerous uh, LMPD protocols, including entering the crime scene when he wasn't supposed to, not escorting out the other officers who were involved in the actual uh, the actual breach. Uh, which is mandated that they be done so immediately once the entire scene is secured. Uh, and I do believe, because the state will use any any reason that they can to to not document their own you know misdeeds. I do absolutely believe that the officers who conducted the raid itself were not wearing body cameras because the policy states that they do not have to because they're plainclothes officers. So all of this body cam footage that we're seeing is after the fact once all of the other uniformed officers arrive. So the bre the 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 uh, raid happened before these officers were even there. That's why the body cam footage of the actual raid doesn't exist. And I find that to be a huge problem too. All right. And, so uh, oh, thinking ahead. about Kenneth Walker shooting people, they weren't in in any uniform either. So again, plain clothes, people beating on my door, and then using a battering ram to beat it in. I'm probably, I'm definitely going to shoot. Yeah, it sounds like he should have some better training, uh, but that's beside the point. Um, so let, let me let me pour something on this love fest here. All right, so. Pour yeah, it so, on some, me, big daddy. Some people are actually upset around the country. They're upset about the fact that uh, the no one was charged for killing Brianna Taylor, even though this was supposed to be like a soft warrant. She was not a hard target or anything like that. But the people that, you know, the reason the officers were actually charged or indicted was because of the white couple, the white family upstairs. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Mark Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're trying to end this love fest here, all this kumbaya stuff. You know what? I'm going to throw some salt in the mix here. Mix it up some salt. What some you sugar. got against love, man? Ah, screw, <laughs> man, screw that love. We don't need no love. <laughs> all right, so let's mix it up a little bit. So, you know, what about that? A lot of people are upset right now because the fact that Brianna Taylor, none of the officers were, were indicted for actually shooting and killing her. Uh, but there was a black couple that was upstairs that, you know, you know, shots were fired their direction. Nothing happened there. Uh, there was a white couple, uh, shots were fired their direction, and the police were indicted for that. 
You know, so what? You know, what's up with that? Where's the love? No, it's like uh, they uh, indicted him for missing, but not for killing somebody. Like, what, what's up with that? What's, where's the love? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. That seems. Uh, Derek, not what's right. up with that, Derek? Wait, so is it yeah, because <laughs> the White family went and pressed charges uh, for like rec- reckless endangerment of their lives, and the Black family didn't? Like, why is it only <gasps> one family? They shouldn't have to press charges. I right? don't think they should either. But right. why is it that only one family right. is being looked at right now, now? Like, where am I? Missing? Hang on, wait, 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 think... it doesn't matter if they should or shouldn't have to press charges. The the the, the local uh, prosecutor or should, yeah. Yeah, yeah the they're, not, they're, DA, they're, they're well, the cops. They're they're friends. With the... we, we all know that's not going to happen. I, you know what? And the reason yeah, the realistic. reason I'm bringing this stuff up today is because I actually have yesterday I had 45 people in two different classes take a class with me, and in both classes I had someone ask this question, and one lady actually cried when she 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 you know she threw this on my laps here. She literally cried. I had to take a chair, sit down, and answer a question, and that was she said, "Why is it that?" When, you know, police are wrong, you know, they're not prosecuted, you know, and, and she gave me a couple situations and I was like, eh, and I had to concede. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. I said, you know what, honestly, and here was my answer to her. I said, you know what, life sucks. And unfortunately, that's where we are today. Life ain't we're, fair. We're in a situation where the entire system is designed to protect the police officer. Mm. Uh, when the police officer does something, you have the police department that actually investigate themselves. They're the only one that actually investigate themselves. Um, you know, they're not held to that much higher standard like everyone else is. Commercial truck drivers held to a much higher standard. Everyone is held to licensed to carry handgun holders. Doctors are held, are held to a much higher standard. But, you know, police officers are not held to that higher standard. And I'm not bashing police. I'm just telling you like it is. So that system is you designed. That system is designed to protect police officers. So then you have the district attorney. Well, you know, they are officers of the court. So they're there to, you know, to actually, you know, there for the, the DA. So the DA actually supports uh, the law enforcement. So that entire system, the court, the judge, you know, everyone works, you know, together. And, you know, it's us, the people, against that system, and that's just what it is. And so, unfortunately, that's where we are today. And, and your only recourse is civil. You have to sue because they're not going to prosecute criminally, but there's a civil side of there. There's so a criminal side and a civil side. Who oversees the Michael. civil side? Who oversees the civil side? Yeah, well, unfortunately, you, well, guess what happens? Well, your, your cities, your cities, they actually settle. They don't take it to court. They actually settle because they have that little money set aside uh, that says, hey, you know what? We're that not they gonna, extorted we're from not, the taxpayers. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, exactly. it's not their money. They yeah, exactly. put the blame on the taxpayers. And they, take, and, it out of, hey, take it out of the police pension. And that's take where it out we of the are, union. And that's what you allow them to do. So uh, are we allowed to do that? You know who allowed this to happen? The boomer generation. And uh, I don't know if I want to point any fingers, Mr. Michael. But uh, excuse me, I think you're the only person in here that's a boomer. In fairness, statism existed long before Mr. Cargill was born. I know, I'm just busting uh, his Statism balls. is nothing new, so in defense of, of, of Michael, uh, I have to say, this is not your fault specifically. I think it's specifically only Michael's fault, this entire problem, the whole thing. So I know we've talked about this before, but Savannah, what do you think about qualified immunity? Um... I'm not sure yet. No comment on that. Um, and, you know, I was t- telling you guys in break, too. Um, I have stood up for local police here. I've held up a pro-police sign. But, you know, the more I learn about 
policing in general, and two, with this whole like mask mandate, which I feel was very unconstitutional, with people getting arrested for, for defending sure. themselves against these riders who are smashing up their cars, who are coming to their house. Like the police are arresting them. Um, you know, it's kind of woken me up to the reality that, yes, I'm aware that there's corruption in police departments. And I also feel like at this point, too, the average American, like the only person who's going to stand up for them is themselves. So, uh, you know, I've been very pro-police in the past, but uh, I, I can't sit back and just say that, you know, the police are innocent in all of this either. And the, like I said, the more videos that come out, the more I'm realizing that the police aren't really helping the average American person right now. Savannah, join me on the dark side. I'll cheat. I'll teach you the ways of becoming an anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> oh and Lord! Together okay, we anarcho -capitalism. can rule ourselves as individuals. That's the first time I've heard that. Huh? I'm, I may be interested. Very interesting. You haven't heard of that before? Oh, no, 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 I oh. haven't actually. Oh, you're, you're. Oh, I have wonderful things to teach you, Derek. Don't do it, man. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I, I have a great young mind here that is just ready to to to, <laughs> to, to understand to be the molded. philosophy. You sound yeah. like more of a psycho than the uh, the, <laughs> the status. I'm kidding. Uh, no no seriously. Uh, I just followed you on Twitter, by the way. Uh, I'm I'm gentleman for liberty. I'm one part of gentleman for liberty. So if you want to follow me back, I'd Definitely. appreciate it. At gents the number four liberty. If you're I see what you're doing there, there uh, Derek. I respect. Yeah. That. Hashtag shameless plug. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse real quick. You know, let's throw that in there before you know Savannah leaves on us. Uh, so what's your take on Kyle Rittenhouse that shooting in Wisconsin? I think that he acted out in self-defense. It was clear in every single video. You see that these rioters are trying to attack him with either another handgun or a skateboard. He acted out in self-defense. He was trying to turn himself into the police at that time. And uh, again, self-defense, clear cut. Yeah. Now, what about the shooting? And in, in, I can't agree. I agree. Yeah. Ditto. Uh, what about the shooting uh, in Austin, downtown Austin? Daniel Perry. Daniel Perry. Garrett Foster. Garrett Foster. In, in terms of that one... So, you know, this is like the Breonna Taylor situation. There's a bunch of conflicting reports, conflicting information. But from what I've heard, it's, you know, the, the mob, again, surrounded a car. Daniel Perry was nervous. He sees this guy who he thought was law enforcement coming up to him with a gun. The guy raises a gun to him. Uh, Garrett Foster raises his gun. Daniel Perry gets scared, shoots him. To me, that's self-defense. Derek, he never raised his gun. There's a picture of the first muzzle flash coming from the window that he rolled down. Derek, do you before... wait do you wait until I put point the gun into your face? That's what I'm saying. Like, if there's a guy approaching your car with a gun in the middle of the night, you're surrounded by a mob, you're going to wait to get shot? He, okay, they were not a mob. They were just walking down the road. They, he they ran were, a they red were, light. They were peaceful protesters. Right gotcha. The I get that. It was pretty peaceful until the guy drove his car into him. Did he? Were y'all walking in the street, or did he drive his car into him? Mm, it doesn't matter. It does not Because y'all were in the street, right? Is it legal right. for you to, so were illegally illegally for you to walk into the street? street? <laughs> is it legal to walk yeah. in the street? That's what I'm saying. Like, y'all are illegally walking mm -hmm. in the street. You get mad that there's a car driving in the street. Miss <gasps> uh, Savannah, uh, legal doesn't necessarily necessarily mean moral, morally, ethically, or just. Yeah, but it's still uh, legally so... justified. Legally. No. Yeah. N to me, Garrett Foster shouldn't have been raising his. He shouldn't have been surrounded. He didn't raise his gun, car. but he was in low ready, and I think that that he. I think he got himself killed. Yeah. Because you, you're trying to you're trying if, to act like you're a cop. You're trying to protest the cops. And act like a yeah, cop. they're protesting the cops and then acting like the police. Well, it, and it that's was, what I'm saying too. Like they want to defund the police. What's going to happen? It's going to be a bunch of more George of this Zimmerman's. kind of stuff. Yeah, Medic! it's going to be a Vigilante bunch of justice. Exactly, Medic! exactly. So it's like y'all want the police to fund it. The citizens are going to take 
justice into their own hands, and, and we're going to have a lot more cases like this. And that's why I carry a gun that I bought from Michael Cargill at Central <laughs> Texas Gun Works. <laughs> oh, God. As, Everywhere. As I brought pick one of those up, Michael. Michael is right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to raise Michael. Less crime. He's why? Say it again, Derek. Oh, I was saying, I was just highlighting, Michael is absolutely correct. More guns equals less crime. If you defund the police, guess what? Everybody's carrying. You will have a much more polite society. I th yeah. See, and I think that's also very valid, Derek. I So do I, to be quite honest. I'm like, okay, how about we just let everyone carry guns, take justice into our own hands. If everyone knows everyone else is going to protect themselves and is armed, you think that yeah. justice is going to, or cr crimes are going to be Personally, I think rampant. there would be a, a like a transition period where crime would get a lot worse and I think it would get better. And then people oh, would learn absolutely. real quick. I can agree with that, Gary. Yeah. I think I'm the right about everything. The waters. I'm well, the smartest person in here. Eventually, the protesters saw a red light. They saw that red light and there was five shots being fired and they, like Moses, they parted the Red Sea. He was able to drive straight you through. Just, you just got red on the minds because you wear that red shirt all the time, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're out of your mind. So don't block the roadway. That's a Class A misdemeanor. That is a crime. If you're blocking the roadway, you can't be – you're committing the crime. You're not justified using force of deadly force, people. Unfortunately, you can't be committing the crime. Get on the sidewalk, protest, walk on the sidewalk, yell and scream all you want to. Can't block traffic. You can't – your freedom – at what point does your freedom trumples over – you know, my freedom trumples over yours. You know, in a situation like that, you know, so you're you're you have a right and, to stand in the road, a right to protest. Well, you know what? I have a right to drive on the road in a car. What a concept. And not get mobbed. Hey, just, so you, just so you know, collecting rainwater is a crime in some jurisdictions. That's insane. So I'll see you at the Texas State Capitol come January. Hey, I'll, put some, hey, I'll put some money on your on your commissary, Derek. If you, <laughs> uh, am I the only criminal here? <laughs> Nobody else got that. Yeah. Right, next next topic. That's <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? If you don't like, I already have a target on my back. I already know. You don't like some things. You think some things are unjust. You know what? Then you know what? Let's get the law changed. Let's go ahead and you know focus on that at the Capitol right, come Michael, January twenty twenty one and get it changed. It's not like I only worked three legislative sessions to try and get constitutional carry passed in the state of Texas. Uh, oh wait, I did do that, and that's really difficult to do in what's supposed to be a pro-gun state, right? Just change the law. It's like flipping on a light switch. It's you know, easy, Derek, right? I, I read something or was told something the other day that Texas is number twenty-nine out of fifty for yep. gun rights. Uh, but Derek, wow. but Derek, Absolutely. we we all know it took it took us ten years to get campus carry passed, an entire decade. So yeah, I do understand the fight. Trust me, I know. Ten years. That's you fail, you go back again. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about a lot of things today. We're talking about the Brianna Taylor shooting. We're talking about the neighbors. We're talking about, uh, man, uh, Reading House in Wisconsin. We're talking about all these shootings around the country. Uh, you know, and, and today, this weekend was a rough weekend for classes because whenever something happens in the news, that actually comes in the classroom. You know, it shows up in the classroom in the LTC course. Because people bring that information and they have questions and they ask those questions about use of force and daily force and how that applies to what's happening currently in current events. And it, it's difficult. It makes my heart really difficult. Uh, but you know what? Our call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. And Mary Francis, that's right. I'm a Generation X. These jokers don't know. They're going to learn today. Talking about, I'm, what do you say I was? A boomer. I'm no boomer. Boom, boom, I'm, boom. I'm Generation X, son. Yeah. You're going to learn today. Yeah. So, I told you. So, right, Michael, old, Michael, I confess. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael gets a pass then. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, let's go to the phone lines 512 643 Alex Stringer. Alex. Yo, what's up, Michael? What's up, Gary? I'm so what? glad to be on the show. What's up? Wow, you forgot to say hi to me. It's a dream come true. I was I was at Lone Star Gun Range actually exercising my second amendment. Nice. Uh, that's a great that's a, that we live in. And that is the best range to go shoot at. If you want to go shoot in Austin, you want to go to a gun range, go to Lone Star Gun Range. Don't go to no little stinky little loud smelly cancer field indoor gun range go to lone no, star I, gun I range agree. Outdoors. You, gotta be, you need to be outside you need to be outdoors you need that sunlight you need that vitamin d in times of coronavirus it's it's, it's a no-brainer michael That's hey right. you know and also also always remember this buy your guns at central texas gunworks <laughs> yeah all right from michael cargill <laughs> tell him that gary faust sent you You'll get no discount. <laughs> They'll charge you more, actually. Yeah. They'll charge you more. <laughs> I was like, Gary, you know that scumbag? All right, what's up, Alex? Oh, not too much, man. I just wanted to uh, weigh in on this um, whole Garrett Foster thing. I was actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was downtown the night that Garrett Foster died. Oh, really? What happened? Well, so here's the thing. like, um, Whether or not it was murder or whether or not it was self-defense, that's going to be one of those open-ended questions that it'll be very difficult to answer. I think that um, it's going to be extremely difficult for a jury 
to convict Daniel Perry in light of the circumstances, especially in light of, you know, the billions of dollars of property damage caused by BLM, the rioting, the stuff that you see in Portland, you know, the fact that people are harassing guys at dinner and, and whatnot, like the whole, the whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, you also have a, the fact that um, when, when, when you see a lot of that stuff on TV, on the internet, when you're on Twitter, when you're on all these like divisive platforms and you've probably been staying home and you haven't been going out and interacting with a lot of people, that does fuel anger and rage. And it can make people want to go out and, you know, take matters into their own hands. So there is that possibility that this guy knew, knew something was going to go down and just wanted an excuse to like fight back and, you know, let these people know that he, let these people know how he felt about them. So there's always like that premeditate, premeditated self-defense aspect that I think is what happened with Daniel Perry. But like I said, it's hard to prove. Um, that's not why I was wanted to call in and weigh in though. So when I was down there, I didn't see the, the shooting. So this is just a subjective opinion. But when I was down there, um, I was a few blocks away, and then I saw, then I went back to the scene to see what was going on. I was pedicabbing, and um, it took over 20 minutes for an ambulance to get to Garrett Foster. 20 and minutes? Saw, yeah, it took about over 20 minutes for there to be an ambulance to show up. And um, another thing, too, That's, about that. I wonder, is that is that because they didn't call? Because you know what? When you call 911, you ask for paramedics. They show up pretty quick. They, no, but the cops showed up really quick, though. The cops showed up like that. Is and that because I, I wonder if that's because no one requested the, an ambulance? The, the police no, they, were they, already there. Yeah. Well, um, that, that could be they made, that, that that could be true, but did anyone actually call the right. call the ambulance? I, I have no I have no idea. I wasn't out there trying to because one one thing about one one thing about Travis County, if you want an ambulance, let me tell you, they will man, you can get a fire truck and ambulance just like that before you get a cop car. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. But Michael, here's the thing, though. Um, irregardless. The, the cops were there for over 20 minutes, and they had no idea how to administer um, proper care to this guy. And then he died. Um, and it just got me thinking, you know, many times cops are the first people on the scene of, like, uh, a crime or a horrific accident. And we need to – our police officers, they need to be EMT certified. And that, that was really the, the big takeaway from that, that I think – You're putting, you're putting a lot of uh, – uh, you know – I'm I'm one of the people I, I like to be fair. You're putting a lot of work on law enforcement. First, you know, we're saying, hey, we need them to do this. So we need them to do that. Now you want them to be uh, EMT certified. You know, you're putting a lot of stress and a lot of training on officers to be this, you know, this big, you know, well-rounded, you know, machine uh, that doesn't have any feelings. And that's I don't think that's realistic. OK, fine. Thing. But I think that having them get an EMT basic, you know, if, if you Remember, we're on live. Yeah, we're, we're live. We're live. We're live. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're going to have to sorry, start sorry. over. That all just got cut. Okay, look, when you see the narr- like the, the anti-police narrative and the whole nonsense about defunding the police um, creeping up into popular mainstream circles, if our police officers had these EMT certifications and countless lives were saved as a result of them being able to administer care, the whole narrative of how we view police officers would change in a much more positive light, and you wouldn't see this. You you would see a lot less of this unrest over time if that were to happen. That, that's my take on it. I think it would be a long time before the narrative changed yeah. the, the way people feel. I think people are going to have to Decades. die. You got something to say, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, something similar. Um, how you said Garrett Foster took him like 20 minutes um, to get there. Um, something similar happened to the Patriot Prayer dude in Portland. Um, oh, the guy yeah. who was shot on the side, like yes. the sidewalk. It took forever for the uh, EMTs to get there as well, and the police didn't administer any like um, 
anything on him, and they actually pushed away medics who were trying to. Well, think, originally yeah. I watched that the guy's friend who was right next to him. Um, yeah, him one, of, one of the one of the BLM medics with the protest tried to help, and he pushed her off, and then she said, "Hey, I'm a medic. I'll help you." And he was that dude was you know obviously traumatized but he ended up letting her try to help and then the police did yep. show up and then they pushed her away that was a mess that yeah, one was, was that was one crazy. was worse than the garrett mm-hmm. foster thing that was i think it was even worse the the you know the how it was handled well yeah of course the police pushed away the medic trying to keep someone alive it was pretty wild yeah yeah i just you know honestly that that's where you are you know we're out there we're protesting uh you're, you're protesting the police and you're you're and these people, whether they're right or wrong, you know they're going to have some animosity also. You know, when you put yeah. yourself in that type of situation, yeah. so they're not, you know, they're not going to be so anxious to go get you some help. You know, so I'm not going to put myself in that type of situation. Do you, I'm not do sticking, you, and I'm not sticking up for anybody. I'm just calling it like I said. Do you think this is going to get worse? Oh, absolutely! It's definitely going to get worse. How, it's it's going to get worse as the when election time grows around. And, so, and depending on who wins the election, if Donald Trump wins the election, people are going to lose their everything. They're just going to totally flip. You thought they flipped out about four years ago when he won the first time? If he wins this time? I think he's going to win, and I think he's going to win almost specifically because of these protests. And they will lose it. You know, you understand Trump was losing a lot of support at the beginning of these protests and and during the quarantine, the way he was handling it. A lot of people were – he was losing their, uh, their support. And then these protests have dragged out, and the optics of it is horrible. And I'm, and it's I personally, when I was down there, it appeared to me that the BLM people were not the people per- perpetrating these crimes. It was all these like sort of agitation squads and and external third parties. You know what I mean? And they're hijacking it, and like you said, gentrifying it. And it's it's horrible optics. And they're making the biggest mistake of their life. The biggest mistake is when you turn the media against you. So when you start attacking the press, yes. you start attacking Because uh, I had sympathy for them until they started messing with that me. That is the worst thing you do. The and and uh, yeah. Wait, we see attacks coming from every side, too. We had well, a your pr- thoughts yeah. about this have changed. Me? Yeah. What do you mean about... I, yeah, I, no, I didn't change. I don't think... I think we should always have the press there. They need to be no, there No, 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 I'm saying your thoughts, your thoughts on the... the, the, pro, the motivation of the protests and which direction it's heading. Um, I think... Nonviolence. I'm, I'm all for like non peaceful protests, just nonviolent. Say that one more time. Yeah, non peaceful, but nonviolent. So like burning, looting, is fine. No, I would consider that violent. That's violent. Yeah, he's not. He's not. What's like non peaceful? Um, being very loud, walking in the streets, getting people's attention. Yeah, I. That's that's I. I would. That's civil disobedience. That's what. Yeah. What, what who's that guy? Thoreau. Is he the one that said that? Am I wrong? I'll shut up. Okay, but then when it tra- when it changes to you know burning property, destroying vehicles, graffiti, then that changes. I don't think I'd consider graffiti violence, but definitely burning vehicles and buildings. Okay, yeah, that's we call people's that, personal well, property. In my neighborhood, we call that criminal mischief. You pop, we'll pop a cap, especially if it's at night, thirty minutes after sundown, <laughs> sun goes down. We call that criminal mischief. So. Just put it out there. Yeah, I was right. Civil disobedience was thorough. You guys all need to get educated, honestly. Yeah, get on my level. level. Therefore, we are. Yeah, just keep in mind when it comes to arson, uh, when it comes to burglary, when it comes to uh, criminal mischief like graffiti, toilet paping, that stuff like that. You know that can actually get you in trouble. And in Texas, uh, especially for criminal mischief, thirty minutes after sunrise, thirty minutes after sunset, thirty minutes before sunrise. Sorry, thirty minutes after sunset. You know that can get you some. Use of force, a deadly force. This is Michael Cargill. 
and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, man, we're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. We're talking about Breonna Taylor. We're talking about Supreme Court justice. Um, We're talking about everything. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, this Supreme Court justice, I don't think it's going to really affect anything I, I, as far as the Second Amendment. Uh, so, you know, and I don't think it's going to affect our case as far as the bump stock case. Earlier we were talking about, you know, where this gun control comes from, you know, and all that stuff. You know, you got to look at the history behind all of this stuff. Uh, when it comes to gun control, you know, a lot of stuff starts back in the 1600s. A lot of people don't know this, but in the 1600s, the first gun control law, and, you know, Google if you don't believe me. It, it came about from they said, hey, you know what? We don't want the indigenous people, the Indians, to have access to firearms. And then after that, the second gun control law came about, and it said, hey, we don't, you, cannot, you cannot repair firearms from the indigenous people. And then the third gun control law came, came about, and it said, hey, you know what? Free slaves cannot have access to guns. And it just went from there. So you're saying that gun control is racist? I'm saying gun control is racist. Exactly. Uh, when you look at all the different laws, you look at some of the laws as, as far as the likes to carry handgun course. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You're targeting certain groups of people um, with, with all that. You know, you look at you can't owe any back child support. Who are you targeting? Yeah. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Who are you targeting? I don't know. You tell me. People with you kids. tell me. <laughs> people with kids. I don't have a kid. <laughs> you look like you have a child. <laughs> you're my child uh no no but <laughs> yeah, no i'm gonna stop right there <laughs> all right so uh so you know yeah i i definitely do believe that in its basis you know yeah absolutely definitely 100 now let's i want to change gears and talk about different protests around the country uh taylor uh because you've traveled to dc uh, yeah. you, uh there's a lot of stuff going on in portland it gets really violent in portland mm-hmm. uh, a lot of reporters are being attacked in Portland. Yep. Uh, we have protests going on here in Austin. It's not as hardcore in Austin as it is in oh, other of cities. Oh, I saw a lot of violence. In, I don't think it's hardcore. Because I, I, honestly, I think the Austin Police Department is handling it quite well. That you know, if you you know, now they're pushing to the point where I think this past weekend, if you stepped on the road, they would arrest you immediately. Yeah, the protesters just walk on, seem to just go on the sidewalk now because they're aware the police will immediately arrest you if you step on the road. And, um, and yesterday, I think, I think that should have been done. Uh, back when, you know, before Garrett Foster, we wouldn't have been in this situation. 
I don't know. I can't speak on that. But uh, uh, I, I know. I know. Yesterday, church, I, know. I know. Yesterday, when they had a they had a protest, um, they were only on the sidewalk, and the police had every uh, all three of their um, paddy wagons out, and about eight police cars following everybody, telling them not to step in the road, even though everyone was just on the sidewalk. And I thought it was kind of interesting because they're like, please don't block the road. But the police themselves ended up blocking all of South Congress mm. by following the protesters. It was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. So um, and, and Thomas Harrison says, how does one justify asking a cop to stay up to date on laws, de-escalation situations and now be an EMT? I, I agree with you, Thomas. I think that's a little m- bit much. You know, you got there's so many different laws and rules and stuff like that. They got to stay up to date on. Do you know that? Police departments themselves have different laws and different rules that your police officers have to follow. And it gets to be so difficult. I don't even know how they do the job. You know, before you get you stop someone, you pull someone over, you have all these different rules that the police department itself, you know, set for our police officers. I think we need to get rid of all those rules and just hold them to the standard of the use of force and daily force like we do every other citizen, but then hold them to the much higher standard standard because you are a law enforcement officer. You know when you're wrong. You know you know what's right, what's wrong, because you know what the law is. There's no excuse for you. And just hold them to those standards right there. Not all these different rules and regulations that individual departments, SOPs, standard operating procedures that they actually set. You know, so I agree with you on that, on that point. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I agree with you 100%. Because yeah, I, I think it's too much. I think it's too much uh, that we're, you know, we're putting on our officers. And now you talk about being EMT, be a paramedic. I think that's way too much. You're asking too much. You're putting too much on their shoulders. Uh, let's just go back. You know, and, and I don't like the concept of law enforcement in the first place. You've got to go back to the history of law enforcement and figure out how in the world do we have law enforcement? Why do we have police officers? Do you know why do we have police officers? Taylor, tell me. You know why? Didn't they come from... Um... Slave hunters? I believe. That is correct. To recover, <laughs> to recover slaves. That's right. Runaway slaves, and that's why you have law enforcement. So I don't like the concept of law enforcement in the first place. You know, I'm a history buff. I like history. You know, my my grandmother was an English teacher, and she, man, she set me down, forced me to read and 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 know my history. My great great grandfather, who I learned my family history and history from personally. Uh, grew up in the Carolinas, and he, you know, I actually had an opportunity to sit with him and listen to him tell me different stories. Uh, who and he was born in my goodness, he was born in the late eighteen hundreds, and that was a you know that was an honor you know to be you know to learn history from someone that lived back then. I didn't have to worry about getting it from a book; I'd got it from a person who actually lived it. So that's why I'm confident in my stance, and that's why I don't let anybody change my mind on the things that I believe, you know, because I got it firsthand from my family, from my great-great-grandfather, my great-great-granduncle, uh, who lived to they were 96 and 106 years old. You know, I got it from them. That's where I got my history and my knowledge from, and that's why I know all this stuff. That's why I'm big on guns. That's why I think the black community, all communities need to – Definitely grab grab a gun, know what the laws are, and be confident. And I'm so glad, I'm so happy that um, I had an opportunity this weekend to meet so many different families, white families, black families, Hispanic families, uh, Asian families, Indian uh, families, all, you know, sat in my classroom, a nice good melting pot there, and we actually talked about the laws, and, you know, and it's, it's, I like that. You sat through class, Taylor. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think you give a really good CTL course. Very, uh, 
professional. And I love the little bit where you talk about uh, bringing um, um, Gary's son to the shooting range. <laughs> I always find that really interesting. I, I kind of, yeah, I think it, whenever something happens throughout my life, I kind of incorporate it into the, into the, um, the class. So the class actually changes and it actually grows over the years. You know, there's some things I will drop out and some new things I'll pull in. There's some things I talked about 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago that I haven't talked about. You know, and someone took a class with me like 15 years ago. They came and did a refresher and it's like, hey, man, I remember you talked about this, 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 this. You don't talk about those things anymore. You should add those things back in. I said, well, you know, it's no longer a 15 hour course. It's now four to six hours. So that's why I don't get a chance to talk about why every you, single thing. Why are you able to do that? Why is it so short? Um, it, it, and, it, and we only take one break. You know, I don't know if people noticed that. Yeah, I was confused it's, by that. Well, it's short because it used to be ten to fifteen hour, uh, a ten to fifteen hour course, and then during one of the legislative sessions, they said, "Hey, you know, it's a really long class. It's too long, uh, so let's reduce it. And let's short it, shorten it a little bit." So they actually shortened the class down. They made it four to six hours, uh, which I, I, you know, I, I think it's a great course. I think everyone should take the class, whether you're going to get your license or not. You definitely should. You know, take the class, learn what the laws are, learn learn where you can, you cannot carry what you can and cannot do. Because here we are today doing a pandemic, and I love to discuss this because no one's talking about it. It's the fact that a lot of your bars that are closed right now, if they want to open, they are changing their liquor license from a bar, 51% to the blue sign. And when you change your liquor license to the blue sign, that means that as a license holder, you can carry your handgun in that bar. So all the bars that are open on 6th Street right now, East 6th Street, Dirty 6, uh, the warehouse district on 6th Street, if they're open right now, they've changed their liquor license from a 51% to the blue sign, which means as a license holder, I can carry a gun, I can carry a sword, I can carry a bowie knife. Brass knuckles? Brass knuckles. Oh, man, we just do everything. Flamethrower? So, no. Um, yeah, because they're, so, they're not a bar. Once, once When they're a bar, 51%, then you can't do that. You can't carry a knife, a sword. You can't carry a gun in a bar. So I've spent a lot of time in those bars on 6th Street. I mean, that's very telling. But um, <laughs> um, I have not seen a blue sign or anybody carrying a gun in there at all. Yeah, you, you don't notice. No, I, yeah. I haven't noticed, but I haven't. I just haven't seen it. Okay, well, keep it inside the waistband. Right, well, I'll be there tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in every one of those little places tonight, and so right, I guarantee you. <laughs> so, How many bars can cargo get thrown it, out of? Probably none, because I'm gonna wear my face mask. I'm gonna I'm not gonna wear the red shirt, and I'm I guarantee I'll be concealed carrying two guns, and it'll be totally legal because they change your liquor license. And guess what? And someone's sitting back there and they're saying, "Well, Michael, what if they post a thirty dot oh six or thirty dot oh seven sign?" Well, guess what? In 2019, there was a, a bill that went into effect that said, hey, what if I don't see the sign? I don't notice it. I don't see it. I don't notice it because now they're blue. They're not 51%. I have to see the 51% sign. I can't say that about 51%. But what I can do, I can say that about a 30.0607 sign. If they're a blue establishment, a restaurant, I don't see the sign. I didn't notice it. Now I can take my gun in there, and they have to give me verbal notice. True. <laughs> no, I mean, so, I mean, so, you know, you'll, you'll see me down there. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll go down there and I'll, I will carry. And hey, if I don't see the sign, don't notice it. I can carry my handgun there. And that includes the strip club. I want to go to Palacios. I want to go to any of the little strip clubs here in, in Austin. It uh, puts a whole new meaning to lap dance. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to carry my gun. I'm going to carry a sword, carry a, a club. You know, I'm just joking. But <laughs> is that your pistol or are you just happy to see me? Right. How puts about a, both? No. Puts a whole new meaning to it. All right, folks, as always. 
more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.